This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's the Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, can I, can I just take a second here? Can I just say something we're already thinking? Being a late-night talk show host is an incredibly powerful position. I mentioned Oreos. They send me Oreos. By the way, Oreos, we're out of Oreos. The famous, the powerful, they come to me right there. I am a beacon of influence and control, but even this awesome power pales in comparison to the sway held by history's most famous dictators. Genghis Khan, Kim Jong-il, Jay-Z. We'll, we await your orders, Lord Z. These brutal despots all have only two things in common. One, they demand complete obedience. And two, they all wear a big furry hat. Very good. <laughs> now that this hat is upon mine head, I am endowed with unquestionable power due to my hat's two main attributes, its bigness and its furriness. <laughs> Any proclamations I make while wearing this hat are now and forever law. Let us begin. Not so fast, Colbert. <laughs> dare you? He who wears the big furry hat must be obeyed. I totally agree. <laughs> From now on, wide furry hats shall be ignored. The people shall obey only tall furry hats. That is hat blasphemy. It is hats for me. That's not a word. My hat says it is. It is now. I don't know where to look. It is now. It is now law that people in tall furry hats shall be locked away in a high-ceiling but very narrow cell. Silence! Let our hats do the talking. Begin. From this day forth, people shall not say God bless you to someone after they have sneezed. Instead, they must shout 
Hail Sneezer! Let it be written that if a Starbucks barista gets your name wrong, your coffee is free. And whatever they wrote upon your cup is now their name. From now on, all elevator doors shall be sharpened so that if someone runs up and sticks in their arm to stop the door from closing, the door shall continue to close and you get to keep their arm. Dr. Dre and Daniel Day-Lewis will be combined into one person, Dr. Daniel Dre-Lewis. If you are talking about buffalo and someone says, I think you mean bison, that person shall be hunted to the brink of extinction. If the highway is too crowded, Kenny Loggins must provide an alternative route to the danger zone. All clowns are now banished. Should we have a clown emergency? We will simply force mimes to shout. If a bird poops on you, it is no longer good luck. But if you can poop on a bird, that is very impressive. Food brands will stop anthropomorphizing their products as attractive females. No one! can enjoy an M&M if they are sexually aroused by it. Any rock band that has a ukulele is not a rock band. It is an insurance commercial. From now on, American football will be known as Big Leather Egg Fight. Henceforth, Casual Friday is whichever day I don't wear pants to work. Henceforth, the plural of mouse is mouses. But the plural of house is now heists. Mr. Cleese, it would appear our hats are equally powerful. Yes, we are at a stalemate. Do you want to come back to my place? <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. The hat has spoken! We'll be right back with John Please. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is a comedy legend. Please welcome the mythical John Cleese. Mr. Cleese, thank you so much for Pleasure. Now, a lot of people in the building are pretty excited you're here. Obviously, a lot of people in the audience are excited you're here. Uh, you are one of the co-founders of the great Monty Python. Obviously, you created one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, Faulty Towers, one of the funniest movies of all time, A Fish Called Wanda, and your book, So Anyway, is now available in paperback. You are a hero to so many uh, people, so many comedians. But let's, uh, let's for West. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, but I haven't had so much fun for a long time as I had doing the hat. Oh, really? Oh, my God, that's a thrill. That's a thrill. I want to say, I want to say that I mean this is the greatest compliment. You look like an idiot up there. <laughs> Do you enjoy, because you're a smart guy, do you enjoy being stupid? Oh, yeah, I love being stupid. When we were writing Python, that was the word we always used, silly. Yeah. We loved it when it was silly, sometimes when it was naughty, but when it was silly. <laughs> and it was almost best when it meant nothing, you know? Yeah, that's You nice. know the uh, fish slapping dance? Oh, the fish slapping dance. Uh, we actually, we had, because it's one of my favorite yeah, things. Yeah, I heard, I heard, they yeah. told me. And it's hilarious. Let's show the people what we're talking This is the fish slapping dance. You and Michael Palin, right? You've got it. Yeah, let's do oh, it. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Completely meaningless. Absolutely meaningless, and it's hilarious. And when they did a, a sort of, um, uh, we were asked to do a compilation program each, yeah. we all chose completely different stuff, yes. except for the fish slapping jaws. All five of us chose that. Uh, was there like a python for you? Like the person like, oh, you like memorized what they did and you wanted to be them when you grew up? Um, there were several, but you see, I, I grew up in American comedy. Oh, really? Yeah. Really. BBC used to show George Burns, Jack Benny, um, Joan Davis, Phil Silvers. Phil Silvers. Nobody best. talks about Phil Silvers anymore. The great Phil wonderful. Silvers. Incredible. He's absolutely yeah. wonderful. Amos and Andy, which we don't mention. We anymore. don't do that you anymore. Know? No, um, we don't. Uh, uh, Lucille Ball. I grew up on that. And then in the late 80s, uh, late 50s, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I'm old. Uh, the late 50s, we used to stay abreast of the most exciting comedy, which was coming out of America with Mike Nichols, Elaine May. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, Mort Sahl mm -hmm. and uh, Shelley Berman, Bob Newhart. But you guys I... never did really political stuff. You made fun of political figures for their sort of having a stick up their butt, but you didn't really do political No, material. we never did that, and that was because when in 1962, David Frost did a satire show, mm -hmm. and for the first time ever, we were making fun of the Queen and, and uh, the Prime Minister and people like this had never been done before. If you did an impersonation of the Prime Minister in 1955, they would have said it was disrespectful. And then suddenly in 62, Peter Cook, Dudley Moore, Jonathan Miller and Alan Bennett did this stage show called Beyond the Fringe. 
And I've never, heard, I've never heard laughter like it, Stephen. Alan Bennett did a parody of a Church of England sermon. And people weren't laughing, they were screaming, and they were screams of liberation because <laughs> we'd heard that clothiered crap every Sunday <laughs> of our lives, and suddenly somebody was making fun of it. it was I think one of the greatest lines in any Mighty Python thing of all time is Michael Palin when he says, Oh Lord, you are so very big. <laughs> Well, that was based on the kind of stuff that we were given as Did religion. you get stopped? What did the BBC think they were getting when they got you They guys? had no idea. You won't believe this. I'll tell you a, an extraordinary story. It's not that funny, but it's absolutely true. I was writing with uh, Graham for Peter Sellers. Yeah. Every Thursday, we used to watch this kids' program. It was coming at 5 o'clock. It was the funniest thing on English television. It was Palin, Jones, Idol, and Terry Gilliam. And one day we rang him up. Really, for children, a children's show. It was a children's show, five o'clock. And uh, we rang him up one day because we knew them. We'd worked together before and said, why don't we do a show together? And they said, yeah, why not? And we got someone to fix up a meeting with the top guy in BBC television, who was the great god of, of, of British television comedy. And we went in and met him, Michael Mills, and shook him by the hand. He said, well, I gather you guys want to do a series. And we said, uh, well, we'd love to. And he said, well, what are you proposing doing? And being Python, we hadn't discussed it. <laughs> Seriously. So we said, well, we want to do uh, humorous um, <clears throat> uh, material with jokes and, uh, and um, of a comedic nature. And, uh, and he said, well, you're going to have guest stars. We said, are we? Are we going to have guest stars? Well, what about music? We said, oh, um, we might just even, are you going to use film? And I thought, this is professional suicide. You and had no I heard, faith in your own pitch? No. Well, it wasn't a pitch. It was a non-pitch. It was an unpitch. It was an ex-pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but Michael looked at us, shrugged, and said, go away and make 13 episodes. That's when the BBC had some cash to burn. <laughs> yes, but they also trusted their gut in the old days. You know what I mean, Stephen? He had no idea what we were going to do. We had no idea what we were doing. You were six feet tall when you were 12, right? That's Something right, like that. yeah. Did being a circus freak help? <laughs> Did that help as a performer well, or being I, a comedian or anything? I think it, I was a very awkward kid. My parents had moved 13 or 14 times in my first 13 or 14 years, so I hadn't had a chance to make real friends with anyone because then we were off again, you know? So when I went to school... Um, I was, uh, I was not, I didn't mix in very well. I didn't really know how to be a schoolboy. And I got teased a lot. And the embarrassing thing about being teased and bullied is that if it's done by people half your size, it's, re <laughs> it's really humiliating. But at, at that time, I, I began to get them to laugh. And when they laughed, well, you know this, the people have affection for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter how horrible you are. I mean, Basil Forty is a truly ghastly human being. Yeah. But he makes people yeah. laugh, and so they feel yeah. affection. Well, he's sad. He's a very sad oh, character. Oh, he's sad. Yes, that's right. He can't yeah. deal with depression at all. No. He no. said, remember when Manuel was sad once? He said, we didn't win the war by getting depressed, you know. <laughs> Are you writing anything right now? Are you doing anything? Well, now? I'm going to go down off to the West Indies the day after tomorrow. That's nice. I have eight exercise books and a hundred pencils, and I don't know what I'm going to write. Wow. But I'm thinking of writing a show called Why There Is No Hope. <laughs>
I like it. <laughs> yes. I like it. Because there is. You see, people have not grasped this yet. Mm -hmm. There is no hope. I disagree. Do you? Yes, because you have just given me hope that there will be another John Cleese book. Uh, and please come back when you've written it. I love it. John, thank you so much. It was such an honor to have you. This has been The Late Show Pot Show with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Calling all vendors and non-vendors alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.